0: When a by invitation only group met secretly in Danvers, Massachusetts in 1987 and voted to incorporate as the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, the stated goal of the Council was influence. The Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, or CBMW as it's referred to, in response to the equal rights movement among evangelicals, wanted to influence as many people as possible to adopt the principles of complementarianism and the CBMW wanted these principles adopted in homes, churches, schools, and other religious agencies across the country. Influence. The CBMW has tremendous influence in the evangelical world. They have an audience, pulpits, books, seminary classrooms, whole seminaries, and entire seminary systems. The vast influence the signers of the Danvers Statement had, and still have today, should not be underestimated. The authors and promoters of the statement were in highly strategic places to make an impact in just about every facet of Christian life. People like John Piper, Wayne Grudem, and many others. In their seminaries as presidents and professors, in the textbooks that were assigned in their seminaries, and thus through their seminary-trained pastors in churches around the United States, in conferences they created from the pulpits of their prominent churches, and through their non-academic books for publication and purchase. All this made way for complementarianism to become a critical, practically central belief in the largest Protestant denomination in the United States, all because of influence.
1: Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson.
0: Hey, Porch Community, and welcome to another special edition of the 167 podcast that we are calling The Problem With. I'm Shannon Patterson with my good friend Josh Harrell, our media pastor, and once again our special guest, Mr. William Steinberg. Is that your, what's your full name?
1: uh william sherwood steinberg and don't forget the junior. junior junior well i
0: like the sherwood part because that reminds me of the most wonderful woman in the world oh, sweet yes. Lulu. yes that's I right that Miss malou mm, the best that's right that's right uh, welcome back to the the program thanks for so, having me yeah, back yeah. I hope Hello, I didn't hey will bad. how's it going <laughs> <laughs> someone's gonna say it somebody somebody i gotta say it to somebody Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of you guys are going to say it, if not. But yeah, welcome back, Will. Thanks for having me back. Uh, Appreciate your uh, being on last week, and um, I know it was kind of your first time on there, so I'm looking forward to hearing even more. Um, I recognize that I talk a lot, (laughs) (laughs) so y'all just jump in whenever you want to, so... Um, well,
2: you are the most researched on this topic out of this the three of us. Well, true.
0: you have the you could press the mute button at any moment. So, nah, and then I'll just scream really loud into Will's mic. So <laughs> I mean, that's what's going to happen there. So, um, but so what we're going to be doing over we started this in our last episode, and over the next several episodes, who knows how many? What we're going to do is we're we're going to be looking at this whole thing. This the the complementarian thing, the egalitarian thing, you get, you know guys, I got to tell you, the more and more and more I'm researching this, I hate even using the two terms because they camp people. They put the people in camps. And there's it's just not an all or nothing deal. I think we touched on this a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, I yeah. can't keep straight what I've read, what I've listened to and then what I've actually said out loud, mm-hmm. so y'all can help me on that too. Mm-hmm. But we're going to be looking at today, especially the influence that the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, the CBMW, um, what the kind of influence they've had in many circles, but most especially within those that um, are either would say they're complementarian or they are uh, leaning in that way, right? And so we're going to be looking at this. And of course, we call it the problem with because I'm going at it from the viewpoint of. What's the problem with um, uh, an organization or a group that is promoting, um, and we'll get into the details in a minute, promoting um, a a certain way that women are treated uh, within the church, within society, within the home, um, and, and how that is affecting those areas. But then, this isn't really important, at the end of the episode, we will take a few moments and go, okay, what's the problem with our viewpoint Mm -hmm. and and it might even be where one of you guys say okay shannon you said i noticed you said this uh, regarding this and i would offer a different viewpoint and Mm -hmm. so you we can even just have a problem with and i know you know air quotes problem could just (laughs) be a well you know i'm not sure if i'm totally with you on that you know it's not like we're Mm -hmm. having to have a huge debate or argument or anything like that so we're going to look at some of these different things over the next several weeks um episodes and um I'm glad that you guys are a part of this because I um I think your input is really really interesting. I think that um especially the two of you are, uh, represent a demographic mm-hmm. that is most especially um I mean if if I'm the if I'm the advertiser, I'm like you you guys are my you're the people I want to get. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're the guys yeah. I want to get in regard to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's really interesting. So welcome, welcome, welcome again. Um, so thoughts from last episode before we get in today's actual topic, any, any feedback that you heard or that you want to offer or anything like that?
2: I mean, so I was talking to a couple of my friends that are Baptist ministers Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, you're going there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> like, while wow, you're actually going to talk about it? Yeah oh, Okay, okay Yeah.
2: He's, he's like, uh, one of them's like, just be careful mm. You got a lot of family on the other side of that fence <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, and I don't think, I mean, I would hope That it's not a conversation that um Puts a fence up No I guess, I don't know if that's a, the right way to think But I don't know
2: I don't okay. know. Okay. He was just saying, be careful. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, like you better, like, watch no. your six, be careful, like,
2: <laughs> no, no, check no, no. Just... your back
0: seat before you get in the car at the store, like... <laughs> More like,
2: check your back seat when you get out of the car.
0: <laughs> okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay.
2: You know, they tell you to check your back seat when you get out of the car uh-huh. to make sure you don't leave your kids or the dog in the oh, car? Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Gotcha.
2: Like, just be careful, not, like, watch out.
0: Okay. I'm with you. What about you, Will? Any feedback or anything? <laughs> um...
1: I think I was really happy with how we were able to. Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. um, Was really happy how (laughs) I think we were able to establish the idea that it doesn't have to be such a, not everything is such a black and white Mm -hmm. issue, you know. And before you know, somebody hears this and say, "Oh, were you saying that there's nothing in the Bible that's black and white that is quite literally the opposite of what I'm saying?" Like (laughs) there are some things that there is no question on. You know, comes to the Gospels, you know. creation you know how, how this is all going to wrap up you know uh-huh. absolutely like no question but and josh you were kind of hitting on this you know it's on the other side of the fence and stuff yeah. but we have to i think we're kind of able to establish that this like several other issues or topics mm-hmm. and interpretations of scripture it's, it's a spectrum and you're going to find different people are going to find different places i'm sure us three in this room are at, at, in different, different spots spots mm-hmm. among that spectrum as well which i was thankful that we were able to at least from when i went back and listened to it i think that we were I- intentional and able to be clear about that that this mm-hmm. is not so much a a black and white thing and us mm-hmm. saying okay we're on this side and therefore if you are if on that 50% you better of get the, on our side exactly mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure um and you know one of the things that I, it will definitely come up in future episodes um especially as we as we go into um the influence that the CBMW has had in the Southern Baptist Convention, and I really don't want to go down the rabbit hole of all that that's come out right, right, in the SBC, yeah. but of course we've alluded to it before, yeah. just some of the issues there, um, and we won't really go that that far down that road. But one of the issues that comes up in regard to that is authority, mm-hmm. um, which authority comes up when you talk about. Uh, biblical manhood and biblical womanhood Mm -hmm. authority becomes an issue because even without saying the word authority when you talk about the word submission well then you're submitting to an authority you're not Mm -hmm. submitting to um you can't have submission unless there is a a person above you to submit to Mm -hmm. right or an entity or Mm -hmm. you know however you want to say that um and so whether you say the word ever authority or not that's that's on the table. My whole point with that is that I even recognize that sitting in here to record this podcast, um, I'm sitting here with authority. Mm -hmm. I'm the lead pastor. I'm the lead pastor. I'm sitting here with my friend, Josh Harrell, as I always introduce you, Mm -hmm. but you're also uh, on the staff of the church that I Mm -hmm. lead. Yep. Well uh you're not on staff here, uh but I've known you a long time and mm-hmm. and I know that you know I'm an elder person to, i'm an elder person it makes' <laughs> you're but <old>. I shouldn't <laughs> hear you whippersnapper. but that you you are like saying, yeah, yes, ma'am, you know like mm-hmm. you'll, you know, that kind of thing, and so I even recognize that sitting at the table, I sit here with authority, even though I don't sit here and go and i like <laughs> do what I just did and state my title and and my mm-hmm. role in these things yeah so. Even in that regard, see, and and I think that's a really good point to make when we start to get into some of these conversations is that sometimes without, without ever saying it, you know, you kind of walk into a room and you go, you look around and you go, okay, who's the authority in here? Yeah.
2: You you look at the the room and figure out the pecking order. You read Mm -hmm. the room. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And, and it's not like we're always doing it, like in a, like a suspicious way or a, but it's just like, it's, I think it's what we do in our, in our. It's just natural. Oh,
1: completely. Yeah.
0: I want to say this, and I just said this right before we started recording, but I want to, I want the listeners to know this, is that I said to Josh and Will both is, you, you have license and permission to say whatever you want to say, and, and that could be in total disagreement, Um, you're not just by virtue of being invited to be on the podcast that you have to be in agreement with everything that I say, or Josh, you don't have to be, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so... Just want to put that out there. She did say that. I,
1: I, I, I can yeah. confirm this.
0: Yes, it's out there. It's and it's on out recording. Out there, it's there. So I just wanted everyone to know that. So, um, so are you guys ready to move into the topic? Let's do it. So, ready. so today the topic we're saying today is the problem of influence, which of course we're talking about this in regard to the CBMW. I'll say one more time: it means the Council on Biblical Manhood. And biblical womanhood, or just biblical manhood and womanhood, they, they put it all together. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the uh, s- the nuance of sometimes throwing the word biblical in front of something, is mm-hmm. how, how sometimes that can shut people down. Yeah. You know, um, what I think you were like, and it's that just means shut, shut up. up. Yeah, it's a shut up card, I think yeah. is how you referred to it. Um, and I'm not saying that that's what the CBMW is doing at all, um, but... If you look at the influence that they develop, and and the status in which they grow, um, you know it, it becomes something where when they produce something, put something out, it does come with that authority kind of that we mm-hmm. talked For about. Sure. And and you got the word biblical in there, and it's kind of hard to go, oh well, then I I don't agree with it. You, yeah. Someone who's picking something up and reading, new believer, a seeker. Mm-hmm. Are going oh well, this is what biblical manhood and womanhood is and people need to know that there, there are other you know we talk about the the spectrum of understanding there are some non-essentials there's certain um you know aspects of you know the first level of what is the gospel truth yeah. what is scripture it's inerrant you know who is god who is the trinity we don't waver on those mm-hmm. and then there's other things that come along so with influence um, the goal of the CBMW, um, like I said, was to influence, uh, and this is from their writings. I mean, none of this is like, uh, well, I say none of this. The, this part is, is not like opinion from Shannon. But the, the focus was to influence evangelicals to adopt principles that they described as complementarianism. Um, I thought it would be interesting to hear a complementarian's. Definition of complementarianism. So this is a quote from John Piper in November of 2021. Um, he has a show, I think it's called Ask Pastor John or something, Yeah, um, yeah. on his uh, website, uh, podcast, whatever. Yeah. Desiring YouTube. God, that's him. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and this is what he says, and, Will, you're going to read it. So uh, this is how John describes complementarianism. All righty see here
1: okay so quote goes from the beginning in the late 1980s the term complementarianism included not just the biblical conviction that men should be the elders or the pastors of the churches and that men should be the heads of their marriages or homes but also the conviction that underneath these distinctions and roles there are profound differences in the very nature of manhood and womanhood those differences in the unique essence of manhood and the unique essence of womanhood were designed by God in creation and were the foundation for why God assigned the differing roles that He did.
0: Ooh, OK. So um, that, was, that was straight from John via Will Steinberg. because um, so, they're tight,. They're, they're, and so and John um, go way back.: <laughs> Yeah, so that's his definition. So guys, your, um, your response to that definition? John, John Piper's definition of complementarianism.
1: I think once we get there, um, talking about the differences and the unique essence of manhood and the unique essence of womanhood, mm-hmm. I, I think we're going good there. Like, I, 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 I think I that looks yeah. that looks really good. It sounds mm-hmm. really good. And so far with that, I'm, I'm on board mm-hmm. 100%. And I think we talked about it last week with that whole, we had to throw a word on it because we're just so enticed by vocabulary, I guess. <laughs> that yeah. We had to put the word roles in there. Mm. And that's I think where we can start to get a little bit shaky in this right here. It's like in um why God assigned the the different roles that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I don't know, a different word might be like like throughout history, throughout culture, all the way back to Jesus time and then far before Jesus um came onto the earth, you know, we had different traditions. Obviously, mm-hmm. but I think once we start it, and we I talked about this last word, I think you brought it up, Shannon, but it's when we start to merge these different words and definitions together because tradition and roles, while similar, aren't the same, aren't are the not same. the same because you put roles as in, okay, now we've put boundaries on it. Yeah, for all time, for this all is time. What it is and we've put, change, it, we've put it yeah. in a box. And mm-hmm. I think that's where we start to kind of go down the, mm, I don't know about this. Uh, because I, I completely agree with the unique essence of manhood and mm-hmm. the uni- unique essence of womanhood For sure. and like so many things in scripture or debates about interpretations is that I feel like if we really like sat down and talked with everybody, we would realize that ninety percent uh-huh. of the stuff we, we agree with, but it's you know, that ten percent that people
0: take in different mm-hmm. directions. And I think it's that's the outliers that get the mm-hmm. attention. Exactly. And that's
2: no different here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: Yes. Joshua. And I just kind of want to put on what put on the top of what Will said is that from a God stance, the the difference between manhood and womanhood is equal, and then when we interpret it as flawed human beings, is where that ten percent comes out. Like you, we agree on ninety percent of it, but because in the way a man a man and woman's brain work, you know. There's got to be a winner and there's got to be a loser mm-hmm. so there has yeah. to be a dominant and a subordinate yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in in our flawed brains that's where mm-hmm. the separate but equal can't work yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
2: you know mm-hmm. like if if we were completely God focused mm-hmm. it might work
0: mm-hmm.
2: like separate and equal might actually be what it was meant to be yeah but because of our flawed brain you know, Even though we're separate, there's still got to be one that's on top.
1: It's dangerous to assume human rationality.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I would even go so far, and I know we start getting into like dissecting words, but I would even go so far as to say, you said if we're God focused, that separate and equal could work. Mm -hmm. I would say if we're God focused, or if we're talking Eden, Mm -hmm. there was no separate. They were union. They were a union. Well, I mean, separate as in two different people. Of course. Right, right. But, But the whole purpose was, I mean, he. It wasn't good for man to be alone, right? You know? So there was the the merging yeah. of the two, and and I think you know for a lot of uh, of the egalitarian people out there that I've read uh, their stuff, you know, a, a lot of the conversation goes back to everything broke down once sin entered the picture. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. Where a comp uh, a, a I don't know a hardcore complementarian would say no 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 there was there was hierarchy, it was it was God. Um, possibly trinity but even that gets a little weird we'll talk about that later for some um and then man and then woman and in that order um before sin even came in the picture and so that you've got these two different and that's kind of where if you go all the way back to the source those are kind of the two places where it starts Mm -hmm. between you start to go off in different directions yeah um from that place
1: you've studied this more than me, and mm-hmm. I think me and Josh talked about you've studied this far more than both of us. Yeah. But would you say that that's like a um, kind of like a one of the foundational things of a, or I guess points mm-hmm. of a complementarian is they see that the order of creation is the order of authority?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Some Most of most, the ones I've yes. read. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think you will find, um, I'm I'm not too keen on these terms, but I didn't make them up. These are out there. These are academic terms. There's hard complementarians and there's soft complementarians. Mm -hmm. And (sighs) so the softer you get, the more you lean towards the egalitarian side. I mean, that's just, I mean, and I don't, I haven't heard like hard complementarian or soft egalitarian. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's just what i've heard in regard to those and and i would say like complementarians call each other that so yeah Uh, anyway i've
2: i've heard those terms yeah Yeah.
0: so in regard to this the statement that you read from john piper um i'm total agreement there with you will i think that i love the i think the wording that he uses the unique essence of manhood it is a it is a real thing Mm -hmm. and the unique essence of womanhood that is a real thing um and yes without a doubt they were designed by god in creation for sure for sure for sure um from the foundation i disagree as the sentence ends and he says why god assigned the differing roles that he did um i don't i don't see that as i look at scripture um you know they were given the same mandate in the garden to subdue to be fruitful to multiply um but I'm total agreement on the unique essence of the both. And I think we mentioned this last week is one of the questions I had someone ask me was, well, so if you're egalitarian, does that mean you don't even see a difference between men and women? And I'm like, no, that's absolutely not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Um, but, of course, I'm, I don't agree with the first part of the statement about the biblical conviction Um, as Piper says that men should be the elders of pastors of churches and that men should be the heads of their marriage or homes. Um, again, I mean, that's, that's something if I had to, I don't know what I call myself last week, but there's a mutuality that I just see over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. There's a mutuality that I see when I look at the words that Jesus says. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I, that's where I am on, on those things. Um, In regard to complementarianism, um, some would say that it does not subordinate women. Um, It sees men and women as equals but with separate roles. And I have to tell you guys, I think you even just alluded to it, Josh. Like, when I hear that term, when I hear that phrase, Mm -hmm. um, it just brings up the whole, I mean, you know, we're we're all living here in the South. I mean, the whole separate but equal issue of race that took place, um, you know, post you know civil war mm-hmm. uh post uh, pre and post civil rights yeah <laughs> um where there was separate but equal um but let's be real um i don't think i don't think i've seen a documentary or read a thing that talks about how um uh the African American community had these amazing schools and amazing hospitals mm-hmm. and amazing access to things that that white people had. That they were like ours was so much better. Absolutely, because it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was just like just because you provide for it doesn't make it equal.
1: Yeah, it was like just like Josh had said. I mean, it's the same thing, you know. two in this context and this cultural and historical context with politicians and people with mm. political influences yeah. that that was their shut up card yep exactly. it's okay okay here you're, you're it's okay yeah you're separate but look you, you look you, know, you got it. you've got a school we've got a school you got a library i got a library you've got a diner i've got a diner mm-hmm. you know it, we got all a back good. door yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 i and i don't know how you guys view it but i will definitely say from the perspective of a female um you know, I start to read some of the things that some of these leaders have written on the, on the complementarian side and I go, wow, I, I can just a little bit understand what um, minorities must have felt, the African-American community must have felt and may, and still do in many regards to some things because it's like, okay, well, but you have these you have these opportunities. Y'all, when we get to the episode that really goes into this, uh, the, the man, Wayne Grudem, who's kind of like the, the spokesperson, ringleader for all this. He and Piper, but he's really the, the one. He, he makes these lists of what women can and cannot do in the church, and it, and he rates them. And it's, it's great. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, anyway. And so as I was reading that the other day, I was like, wow, I feel like, okay, I, here's what I can do, and and, and he would call that equal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it certainly is not. So um, here's one thing. We've already alluded to this as well. Um, The question that I think of as we talk about even the terms, complementarianism, egalitarianism, um, role, uh, authority, uh, submission, what is that, all these things. Is this all just a war of words? You know, like in some way are we like, you know, well, no, that's not what I mean by that. Or, you know, like we're denying, um, you know, people are denying each other's definitions and, you know, kind of name calling, Um, you know, like I know in the earlier days, and it might still be there. I don't read it as much, but in the earlier days, Grudem and Piper and others, they, they wouldn't even, they didn't just call it egalitarianism. They called it feminist egalitarianism, which was like, I mean, I'll just say it was like a bad word. Mm -hmm. It was a way of painting egalitarianism to those who might not know what it means to go, oh, it's feminist. Well, yeah. then that's that's ba- feminist bad. Yeah, feminist bad. Um, which again, I mean, someone might look at me and go, "Well, you have to be a feminist because you're a woman and you're in leadership and you keep talking about this." Um, but I don't, I don't s- see myself as a feminist, so
2: no. I don't know. I don't. I, I wouldn't say you are. Yeah. By, by cultural. And political definition yeah. of what most people understand as a feminist. Yeah. I would yeah. not say you're a feminist. Yeah.
0: But can you guys see how throwing feminist in front of egalitarianism or egalitarian has, you know, how it might be viewed?
1: Absolutely. Because as I a think we gotta, well, we've got to think we've got to go back and when this word was getting thrown around, mm-hmm. that there, there was a certain connotation with that word and people heard feminism. They mm-hmm. saw people in the streets. Yeah. Waving, or, waving around their burning bras and yeah. stuff And
0: I mean, there are some days in the summer When that's exactly how I feel when I get home But I'm just saying, so <laughs> It's a family podcast, we'll just we'll just stop there Josh, as our producer right now, is going I'm wondering if I should edit that out
2: Nah <laughs> They don't care about cuss words
1: <laughs> Well, gotta keep, gotta keep it
0: colorful as long, anyway. as
2: long as we don't cuss I ain't gotta edit anything out
0: <laughs> Yeah, so Throw in Feminist is like no boy, no, uh, and you know some would say, but then, but then I think those. What were you gonna say, Josh? Well, uh,
2: because like, I mean, a fem- a Christian feminist could only exist in the egalitarian side of it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But
2: then also like,
0: yeah, you aren't. You're not gonna find a feminist nah. Christian that's like, I'm a complementarian. Yeah,
2: yeah. That sounds like a Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I know where you're going with that. But um, I mean, feminist does, you know. Has a really like a, a staunch feminist,
0: uh huh.
2: You know, some someone would say that a, f- a feminist is someone that strives for equality, right? But a staunch feminist wouldn't like everything I've ever read from like hardcore feminist. it is not. Is it's a complete like cultural, it's, it's swing wanting to put the woman on, above the man, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. which, which is
0: n- not right,
2: which is not what egalitarianism is, no. So attaching feminism feminist to egalitarianism is a gross misunderstanding of what egalitarian stri- uh, a middle-of-the-road egalitarian would be trying yeah. to do. Yeah. I would say a staunch person yeah. on either side is kind of mm-hmm. missing the point of what they're yeah. what they're actually attaching themselves to. Which I to. think
1: we can make that... Argue- play devil's advocate here for yeah. a second. I think we can make that same argument for the other side, too. Exactly. Like when you go talking about like a soft complementarian or whatever, yeah. it's like you can have people who like think, okay, well, you know... A person can believe, oh, well, traditionally, you know, a man has done this, a woman has done this, but that's not to say that a man can't do this or a woman can't do that. Yeah. Um, and I think that just how people, you know, will automatically look at an egalitarian and think, okay, hardcore feminist, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ultra like liberal movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not politically liberal, but just like socially or and also stuff so like some that. Some would say, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think we can make that same thing for how. I guess somebody on the other side could look
2: yes, at the for other sure. side of the fence
1: 100%. and say to the complementarians, "Oh, we all are just a bunch of just radical when, old white men and just when, when, yeah, that's very to,
0: true.
2: When that's probably ninety-seven percent of the of the church, at least in the U.S., lives in that middle of the road where they have their feet on both sides of the fence. Yeah, and what e, even even claiming that they're in a camp, they still have the other foot probably in mm-hmm. the other camp.
1: Exactly. Okay. And like we talked about right at the beginning of this, and it's how I feel like if we sat down if with each other, both the, sides. If we removed, you know, the labels and the hardcore definitions that we had to put ourselves into and the a extremists box. extremists on both sides. Exactly, but that's where I kind of think that. Ask them to stay this, home. This yes. might be where <laughs> where we're going with this. I'm not sure, but I think it's, you know, what it appears to be is while yes, most of the people, most of the church would probably be in agreement with mm-hmm. most of this issue, is you do have a couple of the outliers who far, who positioned themselves very heavily or very far to one side, Mm -hmm. but I think what's kind of happened is that we've had people with again very big influence who have been on those very far sides. Mm -hmm. So because of that,
2: calling out the people on the other far side, exactly. So now not having debates on the middle, like there's.
1: The word's not collateral damage, but it's like, okay, but because this person and because of his prominence in this mm-hmm. field, in mm-hmm. the evangelical and theological realm, mm-hmm. because he has such heavy influence and he's made this claim, yep. then it's like, it just, it shook up the pit. And now everybody's yep. kind of just like
0: scrambling to figure
1: oh, well, I'm here, well, I'm here, well, you're wrong, well, you're wrong, well, I'm right,
0: and it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point, because... One couple of thoughts I had. One is, um, you know, I have to, I have to keep checking myself and I'm going to give you guys permission and license again as well. Um, that you could read my notes without tone and without, uh, you know, cadence or whatever. And you might go, I mean, she's, she's bashing them and I don't want to, um, I don't want to bash complimentarians. Um, but I mean, I can, you know, obviously, I'm I'm not a complimentarian. Yeah. So, but I, you know, it's part of my tendency sometimes when I when I paint a picture with words, to paint the what I would say is the right side, and mm-hmm. I have to be careful with that. Yeah. Because that's not, um, that's not what the intention of what this is. I mean, mm-hmm. if I were, uh, if someone said Shannon, we need you to, we need you to preach. You know, if the ministry board said Shannon, you got to preach this Sunday, and you've got to. You gotta lift up egalitarianism and say this is exactly why we are from the Word of God, then I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not what this this forum is, right. is for. Um I mean I would do my best to try to do that. Um uh I mean I,
2: I think what you're doing is you're stating a lot of facts. Yeah. And like well perfect perfect example is like when we started this, we were talking about the council of biblical manhood and womanhood mm-hmm. it being a bunch of white dudes. Yep. That's not that's not any that's not for discussion. That's what it was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna so a bunch of white dudes get to decide what the <laughs> biblical definition of manhood and and womanhood is. Mm-hmm. Even it, like that's just yeah. I mean from the start you yeah. Know, there's there's, there's, some... there's factual issues. Yeah. That yeah. I mean just just stating a fact that mm-hmm. it's all men mm-hmm. shows that there's errancy in in the setup of the council of biblical mm-hmm. manhood and womanhood. Yeah. Sure. Even even if it came out that there was, uh, let's say this council said the exact same thing, but it had mm-hmm. women on it, it well, would ha- it would have a different different connotation yeah, and a different reception.
0: There were um, five women, and we're actually to, I've got a whole episode on on the breakdown of the CBMW and who was on it. There were five women on it.
2: Their um, husbands.
0: Two of them were spouses of men on the on the board. Uh, the other three, it, they didn't have a spouse listed that I could tell unless they had different last names, but I doubt it. Um, and, Not with that viewpoint. And of the five women, four of them had PhDs um, and were teaching, or uh, some, uh, but, but in their list of their credentials, they all had um, homemaker before PhD or the seminary in which they taught their first um, – uh, indicator was they were homemaker i noticed that with the men none of them put like husband it just had what mm. they did um and then one of them it, it um it didn't say homemaker it said um uh wife because i don't think she worked i don't know if she worked at home or not so but it said um hmm. wife of interest. it was very interesting so we'll, we're going to get into that later we're going to get into you that know, later
2: that's funny you mentioned <laughs> that because someone asked me one time is like how do you um how, when you identify yourself, how do you identify yourself? Like, mm. it, what are the most important roles mm. that you play? Yeah. And my first one is always child of God. Mm. And my second one is husband. Mm-hmm. Third is father. Mm-hmm. Fourth is my job. Mm. Like, it's it's in the top five, but it is number four. Well, it's backwards <laughs> for
1: a lot of people. I know. So It's like you go, especially down here. What do you In the, the South, it's, every, you know, you're identified by so many things like Who's that. Who's your dad? But you, well, you go, you said, well, you know, we're talking about the you know what are you saying ah, I'm a am a Baptist or you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Methodist or I'm, I'm, a, a I'm a hardcore Catholic or something rather yeah. than oh am I just a Christian am I just a follower of Christ yeah. and no uh, I, I completely get what you're saying they're very very backwards for a lot of people and I'm very guilty of that for the and longest time I say like, oh well, what are you like what do you believe if somebody asks mm-hmm. that not just like it could be anything for all all they knew I could be Buddhist for but said well, what mm-hmm. do you believe so, well I'm Methodist it's like mm, that doesn't a mean, <laughs> exactly. what does that mean that's a problem. Problem that, that that is my identifier mm-hmm. is yeah. a man made denomination. Yeah, and,
2: yeah, and I think that's where, I, and and I brought that up because I think that's where the sin entered the mentality of everything. For sure, and you know, winners and losers of of even ranking how we identify ourselves. Titles,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and this is no exception. Yeah, so, so what, what do
2: you
1: believe? Well, I'm a complementarian. What do you
0: believe? Well, I'm an egalitarian. It's like, right? No, 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 no. no. What do you What do you believe? Exactly. Yeah. Like, what, what What are, what are your, your fine
2: Foundational yeah. doctrine beliefs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever we call a lot of these things, um, the CBMW. Th- I want to talk about that. They said up front. I mean, and that. I mean, this is what organizations do. That they desire to have influence. I mean, why? You know, if, if you're in this kind of a realm, um, you want to have influence, and and so no no fault there at all. But in the late nineties and the early two thousands, or just the whole of the two thousands, especially. Um, they succeeded in influence towards the view uh, of, of getting out there, the view of, Christian, of a Christian woman, of her role slash, I would say, responsibility, um, what it should be, what it should look like in home, what it should look like in church, what it should look like in the vocation. Um, I was responding to something you said a moment ago, and I said two things. And the second thing is, um, Will, that I think for so many people, um, when you talk about, uh, the role of, of women, um, or the responsibility of women that you, you, or you were talking about those, the people that write about them and stuff or, mm-hmm. or, um, the complementarians and stuff. Here's the thing. And, and I could just, this is just a, a, a survey of three people here. But when I say the word complementarian and who is one, you can name people mm-hmm, yeah, right, yeah, I mean, and they're well known mm-hmm. they're well known like across the board when I say name an egalitarian, do you think of people are right. they known are they are they out there i mean one. and if you can name them, do they even come close to the other names from from the complementarian side one who's that Rick Warren mm, okay yeah, and would he have been considered I don't know I don't know where he was prior to um you know, ordinate, ordaining women like if, if he had made yeah, a I, shift through the years, that would be interesting yeah. to look into. I mean he's probably yeah. the
2: biggest one I know. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And and how many people would think of him um when you think of that? So I to me that in and of itself is um evidence of the influence that the cbmw has had mm-hmm. in christian culture in general um is just the proliferation of of information and uh the the platforms that these guys have um and, and so I, I just think that's that's interesting so if they want to influence they're doing it they're, mm-hmm. they're doing a job so um and and their influence actually is it, it's it's very detailed it was very specific um, Grudem himself talks about how they met secretly for almost two years. Um, so at times they even met secretly, which I don't think is so much clandestine as much as they just want to figure out, get their ducks in a row before people knew they were meeting, but. Um, they knew that they needed pastors and they needed theologians and they needed seminary leaders and publishers and all that. So so there was a plan. And so I want us to look at, at some of the, the plan in regard to the CBMW. I mean, if you're going to have influence, then how about be a publisher? Or, or excuse me, how about publish books, right? Um,
2: it's the easiest way to get your message out. I mean, my
0: goodness, especially when you think about the 90s and 2000s. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's books, mm, it's yeah. literature, mm-hmm. um, and so now one of the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood founders mm-hmm. uh, is a man named Marvin Paget, and Paget, um, for a time, I don't think he is anymore, but he was the vice president and editor of Crossway Books Publishing, Crossway Books, um, and in two <laughs> in two thousand and five, this is just going to tell you why Paget was um, an editor and not a writer because I'm going to read a quote that he wrote or he, he, I don't know if he was quoted as speaking this or if this was something he wrote, but this is what he said in 2005. He said, Crossway will not publish a work that is egalitarian. Crossway sees the complementarian view of gender roles in both the home and church as the clear teaching of scripture. We will not publish non-complementarian views. We do not publish views. We do not think are correct. We think it is our responsibility to publish books that are correct, (laughs) and we think that the complementarian position is biblical and is the position that should be published, and we should publish it because it is biblical.
2: (laughs) He miscorrected. He could have put that in at least two more (laughs) times.
0: So he is definitely not a writer but an editor. But you see the... And this is the viewpoint of the editor of the publisher of this book company. So uh, if I was going to submit, a, a, you know, a, a transcript, you know, and like, hey, here you go. Um, it's not, it's, it's coming back. Um, uh, Return to sender. So that's a, that's a direct quote. Um, so Crossway books, you've got them. And um, it, it's very important to, I think this is also important to note. Crossway is not what you would call an academic press So these were not scholarly uh, books. These are just books written by anybody. And a lot of pastors that write books, they're not academic, you know, slash scholarly books. Um, they're, They're just books they write. That doesn't mean they don't do... You know, study, um, but there there's a difference between academic. You know, there's a difference between the textbook that you're assigned in school mm-hmm. and the book that you choose to order off Amazon that you just really want to read. And you can tell by the reading of them. Yeah. So um, there's peer review and academic review that goes uh-huh. into a lot of academic work. Um, Crossway is not an academic thing. That's not a bad thing. No. Most of the books we read are from non-academic yeah. sources. Mm-hmm. I, I was
2: try I, I was, when you sent me this, I was trying to think of a academic sort like an ap- academic publisher in the Christian field and I, usually yeah,
0: we don't I, really know of them I
2: don't know of any Yeah they're like attached more to like
0: seminaries and yeah. and, and uh, theological um uh not groups but and not agencies I'm trying to think of the word but yeah anyway Okay yeah, so that's not a that's yeah, not yeah. an uncommon yeah. thing. Because like
2: Lifeway just, isn't academic either. Like they're the right. publishing yeah. house, yeah. and mm-hmm. like you've
1: got like what like Sondervan and stuff. Yeah, well, the only one yep. I could think of is maybe like Moody, maybe mm-hmm. yeah, academic. Pub-
0: well, I think it would dip- no. They have a they would have a two separate or at least two separate mm-hmm. um, avenues, if you will, of what they're publishing. Mm-hmm. There would mm-hmm. there could be academic publishing, but. Um, with Moody because they're attached to a, a seminary, but mm-hmm. it would just depend. Yeah. So that's not a. I think that's that is something to know about publishers in general. Yeah, just because you read it, just because it's a book that's bound, doesn't make it biblical. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. let's just all just go ahead and understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because um, that yeah. br-
2: that brought up more intrigue for me than anything was like, yeah. what is a Christian academic publisher, and, mm-hmm. I, and I couldn't mm-hmm. think of any.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think of any names right now. I'm not yeah. sure someone's like, oh, what about this stuff? <laughs> um, so, so not only do, all right, so they want to have influence. So, all right, let's have a publisher. So Crossway becomes their publisher. Then uh, come along in 2001, and there's a whole backstory in regards to this, but that Crossway, and we, we will look at the, uh, I think I've mentioned this now a couple times, but we're going to look at uh, the English Standard Version in another episode in depth, but, um, there was a whole discussion about, um, publishing a new study Bible, which Crossway had never done before. Um, that's a whole other undertaking. Um, but they did in 2001, they published the ESV and it's had a couple of revisions, um, like 07. And I think 2016 was the most recent, Mm -hmm. um, just a little minor little things. Um, but that, I mean, you talk about influence um, and, you're, and you're taking, um, this was a, uh, it was a translation from, not, from the RSV, from the, the revised, revised Standard, standard. Version, um, which was very well, I mean, it was, it was very well received, but it was, they, we wanted some, they wanted to take out the these and thous and stuff. Um, and so the ESV was like, boom, now there's the new Revised Standard, but uh-huh. they felt like that was a little too um, gender neutral. So the, e, the writers of the ESV wanted to take the RSV and take out the these and thous, mm-hmm. but not have gender neutral language, which right. they felt the NRSV uh-huh. did in some ways. Yeah. Um, so about 92% of the, of the ESV comes from, is from the RSV with just the updated these thous and whatnot with about an 8% change on a lot of the gender stuff. Um, and some of that language most definitely does um, subordinate women in regard to removing um, uh, titles. Uh, um,
2: what were you going to say? It just changes all meaning of the verses. Yeah, it takes out— When, when you change a pronoun, it's going to change the entire well, meaning.
0: Well, and even just—even posi- like deaconesses yeah. or, um, you know— uh, referred to as an apostle, and then suddenly a friend of apostles. I mean, yeah. so there's there there becomes some of these, these mm-hmm. things that we will get into in another episode for sure. But we're talking about influence. If you want to have influence...
2: <laughs> Make your own Bible.
0: <laughs> produce a Bible. I mean, my goodness gracious, what an undertaking. Yeah. But they did so. Um, now, there's a whole debate on whether this was... You know, the impetus was because the NIV had been out and and it had uh, some would say very general neutral. I would, I, I'm I think it's kind of in the middle, um, but a lot of people really liked the NIV and how it read, and um, you know, a lot of um, even people who would say I am complementarian were using NIV to preach from because of the easy to read, um, and so there's a little bit of a backstory on. Uh, some of the ESV writers saying, no, this wasn't a response to NIV. We just wanted to do this because it's what we're supposed to do Um, versus a response to, Mm. I don't know what the big deal is, except, you know, pride. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. That's totally, totally reading into um, that understanding. Um, But I will say that the ESV Bible was revised and it was edited Um, by an all-male team of several key members of the CBMW. So you're talking about influence, then you have these people that are on the CBMW, and now they're on the editing and writing team of this new Bible. If they want influence, they've got influence. They have influence. Um, Here's another crossway. Y'all want to jump in on that? You good? You with?
2: I was just trying to count how many crossway Books I have in my house.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I've got some. I, I know I do. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm no, just I
2: know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. thinking.
1: And and that's a that's a very good point. And I definitely want to make that is that I feel like if we could sit here and look at any um, mm-hmm. publishing company or even translation of the Bible, you know, there was the there's been several takes with different translations about mm-hmm. oh will they change this word? Yeah, yep. added this word, and some okay. of it the NIV
0: has issues, you know exactly and some of it was
1: because oh well there's just literally just not a word that directly Mm -hmm. equates to it and uh, you're the one that's taken like um, you're the one that's taken like the actual language classes of like the original (laughs) yeah Yeah. manuscripts so I mean you you could say that better than me and like I think the this Mm -hmm. is a very rough estimate and it might be very very off so correct me but it's like I think I remember reading that the original, like, we talk about, like, Hebrew, the Aramaic, mm. and the mm-hmm. Greek. There's about, obviously, tons and tons of thousands of words. But, like, different <clears> words, There's about 12,000 different words. And those original, like, manuscripts, when you get to English, the English yeah, language, yeah. there's, like, 6,000. Yeah. So yeah. you're dealing with half the amount mm-hmm. of words. So there's naturally just not going to be an equivalent mm. to certain... Parts of the translation. People guessed exactly, and I think that's the importance of why. Of why it's I think important to read from so many translations. Mm -hmm. And I was telling um, you just earlier, you know, like this is. I was interested to talk about this because, like, if I'm being completely transparent and open here, like the ESV Bible is the one that I use the most. Oh yeah, and
0: I think Josh, you said that's what you use, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to be even more transparent the ESV study Bible is, is one my, that I use. Is my favorite study Bible. Yeah, it's sold yeah.
0: millions and millions of copies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, and I'm not...
1: Well, and and, and, l- and I know you're not saying like, oh, this is bad. I just, I want to make the point that yeah. that's not what you're doing. Because yeah, yeah. And the same th- just like the same thing that we talked about last week with Piper or whatever. Like, uh-huh. this is not a call to say, Piper, false teacher, do not listen anymore. You know, ESV, not you know, faithful translation. Yeah. Do not read anymore. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Now now I would say that for Piper. Now when Grudem I would tell people to be very, very careful. Can't speak any, for him anytime yeah. yeah. they read or listen to him. Just because I Even don't have before. enough
1: experience with him. And like I, I've never listened to anything he said or he's very read da- anything he he's said. Yes. The only thing I know from him is that published that he or whatever that he had called like systematic theology. theology yeah. Which yeah. I've heard of it. Haven't read anything of yeah. I've read but Other than that, didn't know him from Adam. Like, yeah. didn't know anything yeah. about
0: him. Yeah, that was his big, big um, writing was his systematic yeah. theology. His, his sure. book
2: on systematic theology. I've read books on the like where, like where from other complementarian uh, preachers where he messed up on his books where he's too radical in places. Mm-hmm. To me, Wayne Grudem is too sen- too sensationalist with how he impresses complementarianism in every facet of the gospel yeah so in my mind he is extremely dangerous Mm -hmm. yes now when you get to john piper who has said things that is straight up wrong and i don't and i don't want to give those statements a time of day yeah but
0: i'll give him a time of day later in another episode (laughs) so
2: so i mean (laughs) he 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 is a safer like I I don't I don't hold my tongue in if there was a Piper sermon that I thought someone could benefit from mm-hmm. I don't take two thoughts about sending it to someone Sure. yeah
1: for yep. sure yep
2: and I don't and I don't uh, take too much thought into not recommending the ESV Study Bible for a new Christian either because, yeah because I think it I think it is a very easy to read translation absolutely one hundred percent and honestly up until me and you started having this conversation I thought it was pretty stinking accurate. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it definitely follows that more and formal equivalence. Like, you talk yeah. about dynamic equivalence mm-hmm. versus formal, you know, formal being that more like word-for-word, word, which yes. this, which they say, like, in, in the very, like, first page with all the, like, publishing, mm-hmm. like, not statistics, but like, information, like, this goes for more of a literal word-for-word word translation. Mm-hmm. When you have others, like, the NLT, that's more of, like, a dynamic, dynamic. like, thought-for-thought yep. thought type of translation but one thing i will give the esv study bible i will give it this is that it does say like um i think in the first timothy 2 when it goes talking about like women pastors stuff it it does it lists several you know of the popular opinions or whatever and there's not saying okay this is truth this is 100 Mm percent how it has to be which i think is good and i respect that a lot and so and piper while i think while he said this i've also heard him I don't know which was said first. Um, I'll throw that out there. But have heard them <laughs> say, this is my interpretation of it. Which I appreciate that. Again, for this Wayne guy, I don't know if I can say that. But mm-hmm. I, I respect that Piper and the ESV study Bible was like, this is my interpretation mm-hmm. of this. This yeah. is not yeah. the black and white truth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I know 100% that yeah. this is what it's supposed to be like. and, and,
2: it- and I will say that my my interpretation comes from like my first... Study Bible I got no 07. right? Mm-hmm, yeah. So the ESV came out in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. So it really and it <clears throat> it took about that long for it to really get to a small town of Douglas, Georgia, uh, yeah. in the youth groups. Yeah. Right. Sure. So like I was I was the I was the group that the the release of the ESV was targeted at was like those young mm-hmm. adults in the early two thousands. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> so I can honestly say that my first study Bible was the second interpretation or the second release of the ESV, the 07 mm-hmm. one. Yeah, one. Yeah. I
1: guess mine would be the, the third. 16, so my like yep. first study Bible I got, I think, for my 16th birthday, and my um, grandparents, Gigi and Papa, they they gave that to me for my 16th birthday, and it was the ESV like student yep. study Bible. So kind of like the thick one, but I think it was just a little mm-hmm. more toned down a little bit. Better, but I think that was like one of the first 2016 mm-hmm. ones that it kind of like it finally made its yeah. way to Mount Austin, <laughs> and like hit the shelves and stuff. That was back when we still had a life Lifeway here and stuff.
2: And and yes. I remember uh, reading the ESV, going, "Man, it is so much easier than the New King James." Yeah, mm. yeah. Because Which was, because yeah. that was the it was New mm-hmm. King James or bust at that point. Yeah. In the churches, I was in the church I was in. Mm-hmm. Like, if you needed to understand, you could go. NLT or NIV, but don't tell anybody you needed to understand something and you read those translations. Yeah. Like they would the Sunday school material would reference those so you could understand it a little bit better, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Which let's get over that. Let's get over the the negative connotation exactly. that there's like a dumbed down version of the Bible. Like let let's put that to rest like now. <laughs> like people, yeah. like I've had people that like I oh. I genuinely like respect as like Christians and like believers who are just like the message isn't a, a real translation of the Bible. It's like, it, it might not be what you're used to, but who are you to sit there and tell me that there's not somebody who's you come to the know... the Holy Spirit
0: hadn't spoken who, through that?
1: ...who's come to mm. know the living God because exactly. of yeah. Eugene Peterson and mm-hmm. the anointed work that Ooh. he did through that translation. I,
0: I had a seminary class with him well it was an intensive down at in asbury mm-hmm. and he was there in person oh, really obviously before he died because mm-hmm. that that's be cool great yeah, i mean that'd, that'd be really that'd be i really <laughs> have really cool. a story if you <laughs> but now i mean what you said there i mean i've had people say that about the nlt which is my preaching text of choice so good, um, so so good, and and people, oh, it's the NLT, you know. And you brought <laughs> up the the, the dynamic uh, versus the word for word, which mm-hmm. I think is a really good point in regard to uh, translating the Bible. One of the um, and I I've got it somewhere in my notes, but not in today's notes, so <laughs> I can't tell you where. But one of the things I've I've read a couple of times is one of the the. I wouldn't even call it a red flag, maybe a yellow flag with the ESV, is it, when it comes to gender. Th- I mm-hmm. mean, and there's people who who um, are, they say that a- across the board, again, like that whole 92% thing, even more than that, they're like, it is It is good translation. But when it comes to gender um, and and titles and responsibilities and roles in those things, that's where it looks as if, even at times the authors or the translators um, moved away from word for word and went to dynamic from their own interpretation of what was the, what was the culture? Mm -hmm. What was the, this, what was that? And that's one of the critiques of the ESV in regard to gender. Yeah. And not in regard to the whole of the work. And that's where you have to be careful. You know, you know, I would say, I mean, and I'll, talk as a mom here you know as a parent um I don't until I really really have a a really good understanding which I don't feel like I do completely Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a much better than I did I'm not gonna choose to uh when Mallory's looking for a study Bible I'm not I'm not gonna go that route if I don't feel like it's giving the best uh, interpretation and translation of the role of women. I don't want my daughter going. Oh, I,
2: I wouldn't give my daughters. An you know, NSB and that's
0: either. and and but see, I, and that's where I go. I I want to make sure I really have a handle on it because, um, but thus far, th- that's what I've I've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I want to. You know, it makes me think that. So yeah, you know, yeah.
2: And it's funny, but and even, even going back to something as simple as. Words, words on a slide on a screen. Mm-hmm. You know, Diane really made me conscious of of that with with uh, gender roles and titles listed mm. in scripture, because uh, the the version of the NIV or the NLT that we had in the back cave is mm-hmm. what I called where I did all my work uh-huh. at FUMC. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's true. Yep.
2: it. even to the hymnal pronouns had been changed in updated versions, and she would crawl my butt if i use an older version because it because it was more slanted towards uh men being in presence me men being having power over women Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm. and 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 that's really where
2: and i didn't think anything of it yeah like it wasn't even a concept to think about in my head that's
0: just your privilege
2: sure (laughs) I mean, I mean, laugh. I mean, but
0: honestly, I mean, I'm kind of being sarcastic, sarcastic, but, sarcastic, but it is kind of true. Very yeah. fair argument. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I find myself often, um, in my wording and stuff when I when I write, um, and and some people don't like this either. But like, I'll I'll just subs- like if it's his, um, you know, all that stuff. I'll I'll say there, you know, and then you go, oh, well, you're getting into the pronouns. I'm like, no, this was like. This was in, in, in writing in regard to um, helping people hear it and know that the audience is going to receive it and not go, oh, well, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you get into the whole thing. Like you talk about like historically and you look at uh, traditional stuff. Um, I mean, there's a whole slew of, of women who are much, but I would say a little bit older. Um, so, you know, mid 50s and older. And they're just like, I grew up reading stuff, and it said him, and I knew it didn't just mean him. It meant everybody. Yeah. Or you had to read it to understand, okay, that actually meant him, because it was talking about, you know, George. And then it said, you know, all men are created equal, and I knew it meant all people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so they would say, what's the big deal? That's just, you just make the difference. That's
2: where I've that's where i that's yeah. where I've been for most of my life.
0: But then I would, but, and then I counter that with, because I understand that, um, with... But are all people created equal?
2: If you're only saying men. no, excuse
0: me, people are created equal. Do all people in authority? Do those in authority see the people as is equal? <laughs> that's that's really where you start to go. Oh, so when you think about the writers of the Constitution, did they really mean every single person who was drawing breath was
2: equal, no. or did
0: they just think about them?
2: No, they weren't thinking. Of Did it, they think right? their
0: wives were equal? Did they think that their slaves were equal? Did no. they think that their indentured servants were? Equal? No, they didn't. So, but that's about all I know about the Constitution. Well, so I can't go any further. Well, you got some. <laughs> you're like I just I was here to talk about the Bible and well, love Jesus. And,
2: <laughs> I mean, to me, that's exactly where I think when we go back to creation, you know, that entrance of sin. I think that's just where it all broke down. You know. Yep.
0: Yep. You're saying what I I, want to do, and I'm kind of giving a little scoop here on on where we'll go when we talk about the ESV, but I want to offer this one example, because I think for us just to go, I think this and I think that, I do want to give this one example, and it goes back to Genesis, it goes back to what I think is like the pivot, pivot, the pivot um, (laughs) verse, uh, when you think, when people start going, okay, who's authority, who, you know, all that. Genesis 3.16, in the ESV prior to August 2016, their, their most recent revision, Genesis 3.16 says, <clears throat> To the woman, I will surely multiply your pain. So this is post-sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you post or 2016 and onward mm-hmm. it says this to the woman i will surely multiply multiply your pain in childbearing in pain you shall bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you there's a big difference fellows between desire for and desire contrary to mm-hmm. yes Absolutely. Um and that's where some of the conversation goes and, and that's where critics of the ESV would say, What well, what you do what you doing there? What what's going on? Like why I well, mean and there's some people that would go as far as to say that they are um complementarity motivated to yeah. change it and I'm like, Whoa, that is a that's a big accusation yeah. um to make in that regard.
2: Yeah. But Oh, he just bumped his mic. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> and, making, and he's like... <laughs> they're making
0: hand gestures at each other like, God, this woman, get her out of here. No. Who gave her a microphone? Um, I did. <laughs> so uh, where are we in our notes? Let's find out. So, um, okay, so...
2: I think we were still at like the yeah, second place. We yeah, we are. And we are. we're an hour in. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, well, so should we call it or keep going? Keep going. All right, keep okay, going. so anyway... Here's another Crossway connection. Um, So I mentioned that uh, Padgett guy was vice president editor. Well, the president of Crossway was Dr. Lane Dennis. Um, He's kind of well-known. You could Google him, and and he's he's got some uh, clout there. Um, He played a key role um, on, he was a member of the CBMW, and he's a president of Crossway Books. Um, He really helped promote, Um, this movement that remember when they started they were like we got to have influence we need to push back against uh the egalitarian viewpoint that's that is most definitely what they desired to do which you know they they saw that as a threat um as a breakdown to the family and to church and, and to a lot of things so this was the influence that they wanted to put out there um Dennis was there, uh, in, in Danvers in 87 when they met uh, and they finalized it. Um, it was a year later at the evangelical theological society, um, at Wheaton college where they announced the formation of this council. That's where they said, yeah, Hey, by the way, we got this council going on. Uh, we're going to, ha- like I said, we're going to have a whole episode on, on that, on who's in the council and, and everything. Um, but it was at the 88, um, Evangelical Theological Society meeting that Piper said suggested to Lane Dennis, hey, a book that would be a compilation of essays on manhood and womanhood would be really good. And so these are essays written by a lot of these people who are on this council and others. But they talked about putting together a book, which later on, I don't know if you've heard of this, Josh, but um, a lot of the younger complementarians uh, or you know, after it came out, they just referred to it as the Blue Book, which I think is funny because AA has a book and they refer to it at this.
2: Tw- I've, th- I've as heard of Blue it, book. I've never actually read yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. So
0: it's that. Um, so they did put out this book and it, it came out in 1991. Crossway published it. Um, and it's, it's basically the foundational book for the CBMW. And they call it Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, a response to. Evangelical feminism. So they don't even use the word egalitarian. They say evangelical feminism. Um, I want, here's the, who's, we have the this is a preface to the book. Josh, you want to read the preface to the book for Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood?
2: A controversy of major proportions has spread throughout the church. It began over 20 years ago in society at large. Since then, an avalanche of feminist literature has argued their need be no difference between men's and women's roles indeed that to support gender based role differences is unjust discrimination within evangelical Christianity the counterpart to this movement has been the increasing tendency to oppose any unique leadership role men role for men in the family and in the church manhood and womanhood as such are now often seen as irrelevant factors in determining fitness for leadership
0: Mm. So they didn't really mince any words there. I mean, this is why they—they're saying we got to recover the roles of men. We got to recover the roles of women, Um, and it is a response to feminism that was they saw uh, working its way into the evangelical circles. This is the whole reason that that. Grudem wanted. Uh, he remember how I said last time. Uh, he noticed he was like the only uh, speaker at this con- at the evangelical conference um, mm-hmm. that wasn't egalitarian. He was yeah. like, "Hold on yeah. a minute." So, I mean, this is what kind of what stirred all this up. So, they kind of put it out there in the preface: "Is this is what we want to do?" Um, so, I um, we see the book. We they want to have influence. We're talking about the problem of influence. Um, I say it's a problem. Um, maybe that's not the best thing, but that's what we've kind of titled this whole series. So there you go. Um, <laughs> con- the concerns. I have concerns about this. I have a
2: problem with about
0: it. all these things, but so they have a publisher, they've got books. um now organizations um hang on before we go any further. Do you guys have any thoughts on this preface? I just kind of bloviated on it, but
1: I think we're I don't know.
0: Will's gonna get it tattooed on his back. <laughs> Dude, that would hurt. That's a, that's a lot, lot, of of lot of words. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly just afraid of tattoos in general. But that, that's another topic for another day. Anyways, um, like we go to like he lives by Leviticus. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we have a series coming up. <laughs> we
2: already.
1: do. Um, we go to talk about like manhood and womanhood. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well now they're seen as irrelevant, and it's like, yeah. My thing is like, dude, who said that? <laughs> it's like, dude, it's it's like, Shannon saying. It's hey like honey, gonna,
0: can hey honey, can you load the dishwasher? What are you trying <laughs> to say that I am? I am no longer a man. Exactly. No, I just eat
1: exactly. The and it's like, <laughs> dude, like, and part of me is like, I, I don't know how what my words do. It. It's like, first of all, like you're, you're grown man, like do, you're you're. Do you have to turn like, in your man st- card if you do laundry? Exactly. Or just mm. like you know, saying like, oh, Josh, you know, ad- adjust your necklace real quick. Oh, so you hate me? Like it's just you, it's you. It jump is 2022. You jumped to that so quick, and that's my thing. And it's just, mm.
2: and part of me. I checked my necklace.
0: I <laughs> got some chains
1: on. Um, and I, I'm not going to claim
2: wait, to know which, wait, which is. We should mm, say that the two men in the room have more jewelry I, on I know, than the women. Yeah. I, I took off my
0: necklace. Yeah.
2: I'm just saying. That's funny. <laughs> look
1: look how our roles have been reversed. Oh how the turntables. Oh, how the
0: turntables. Um, oh, the turn um but yeah, and it's
1: just I don't know. I see this as just unnecessary. And like I <laughs> said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim to know if that they were doing this like in an intentional way, like, oh, we're gonna be super, super that so can have a temper tantrum, or if they're like, "Oh, this is just actually how I feel." Part of me more so leans the way this is almost like a retaliation yeah. thing, and it's like to prove my point further and to push it further. That's what the the category we're falling into on this one. Um, that was word vomit, though. To answer your question, I I felt like, yeah, it's unnecessary.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I go go ahead.
2: And I'm agree. I completely agree with Will. I think it was retaliation. Be- and I want to ask you something, Will, because I think I know the answer, and I think your answer is the same as mine when I grew up. When you growing up, was it men or women the most influential people, Christians, in your family?
1: You're, you're asking me that? Yeah. I would say women.
2: Me too. Women. So, to, <laughs> so, the one thing I would say is that there is an issue with biblical manhood. Yes. But what they're addressing is not the issue.
1: Exactly, because it goes back to the thing we were talking about last week, too, is we're so focused on how we interact with each other and who gets to do what, but we've yet to define what the actual thing is, what the actual biblical man is, what the actual biblical woman is. That's exactly what I was saying last week. if we can't do that, then how can we... It's like you can't worry about the roof if you haven't laid the foundation yet. Yep. You know what I
2: mean? This what this is to me what this says and this is what I read is to fix my manhood problem, I need to control women better. Word. Mm. I I am I suck as a Christian man because I don't control my woman. That's what that says to me. Mm. Yeah. And that that all that does is make the problem worse. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't be a, a godly man, how how could I even fulfill the the call that I have? To, if mm-hmm. even complementarianism was right, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. But they're they're worried about the wrong issue.
1: One hundred percent. Like and this
2: this paragraph is errancy all over the place.
1: Ex- absolutely, and I have a feeling you're about to no, really get. No. It. But just real quick, let me jump in. But. I think that sometimes we even get the idea of that's just limited to like the younger generation. Mm-mm. It's like I, no. I, I, I very I very very much and about like the women influencing us type things right now. Like um, I'm reading a book right now called Through My Father's Eyes. It's mm-hmm. just Franklin Graham, son yep. of Billy Graham. It's talking yep. about well, you know, Dad was constantly on crusades all the time, but and he's like, but if I'm really going to be honest, like it was my mother who really helped me form my foundational truths of what my biblical doctrinal understanding of scripture was mm-hmm. and it can go all the way back to them or even further back yep. which i i really enjoy the preaching and i mean you know this of, of charles stanley and that's his thing too he said i was 12 years old i was saved when a woman was preaching he said and that's when i accepted the, jesus christ for the very first time mm-hmm. in my life so it's not just this limited to us right now but i think you make a great point and it's the fact that failed manhood Mm -hmm. the correct response is is not the attack on the opposite sex
2: right Mm.
0: and here's the question that i have is is it and and is it failed manhood or is it failed personhood Mm, is it is it and i know that's really hard for us to detach but is it like is it about is it about your the essence of you being a man that's failed or is it not you guys specifically but i'm saying in general like or is it like you're the you're the person and because of sin and because of a lack of uh, understanding of who god is in your life and all that I, that's a question i really want to know um
1: i think it's both and, I, th- and I do you think can't, think it's both. D-
0: you, can't detach. you can't detach you're a man so you can't detach viewing your relationship with God outside of being a man. Exactly. Just like I can't I can't detach viewing who God is outside of being a woman. I can't. Yeah. And I just I can't understand
2: can't. womanhood.
0: Right. Right. And I think that's so really I can't, important.
2: I can Like I can't say I failed as a person because I don't mm-hmm. understand the other half. Right. of the population. All I can right. understand is the failed personhood of being a man. Okay, here's exactly a question.
1: Exactly 100%. Oh, go ahead. I must say Because when we talk about that, and we talk about failed manhood, when people, I think if you were to ask some of these guys right here, they're going to say, oh, what is failed manhood? They're saying, oh, well, failed manhood is we've allowed women to enter the pulpit. Mm. And that's what we define failed manhood Mm, as. mm, While mm, I mm. would say if we really want to talk about failed manhood, and Shannon, you talk about failed manhood versus failed personhood. And Mm. while personhood, it's all of us, you know, falling to sin, and just how it's just it screws up everything. But failed manhood, and it's not because women have entered the pulpit, but how about failed manhood and the fact that the single mother rate is like it's Stupid never high. ever been before. Yeah. Stupid high. Mm-hmm. And not just the case of, oh, father's passed away or something mm-hmm. like that, but just dad's at deuces, like I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and that, to me, that is the plight of failed manhood is the not making the tr- transition from boy to man exactly
0: mm. and so and here's a question i have so you, you guys both talked about um, if you don't really understand uh manhood if that if you don't really are able to define that that it kind of makes all this you know rattling cages not not unnecessary right yeah like i would say so,
2: the, the people that are also making the case for biblical manhood and womanhood are in the same spot where they're just making assumptions.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the question, and I think I know the answer, but I'm, I'm put out there. So we, me as a woman, you guys as men, we, read, we can read the same verse. We can read, um, you know, where we can read the Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm-hmm. And we could see how Jesus is turning the world right side up mm-hmm. in, that, in that sermon right? And he was I totally, I about this at totally counter-cultural, <laughs> right? Totally counter-cultural. Yeah. And if I'm as a, because I'm a woman, as I read and understand uh, by the Holy Spirit, the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't that help define my womanhood? Yeah. And wouldn't the same verses then also help define you? Because you're a man, Mm-hmm. then it it helps you now does i mean i'm not saying it def i i'm really i don't know if we if we could sit down and write uh you know this is the definition of and i don't want to get into the whole thing is what's the definition of a woman or a man <laughs> no i'm talking about we're talking about like from the scriptures what do we understand about men and women and yes they were a man was created and a woman was created yes there is that essence i do agree with that statement that there that there is a difference among us. It is different. We process. I mean, there's differences. Um, however, with the new covenant under Jesus Christ, He does come along, and and that's where to me the. The, the mutuality is is fulfilled from what was broken in the garden. It doesn't wipe away the differences. It completes the differences. Mm. It, it brings a completion where there had been all this separation all this time. I have no idea where I'm going with this. No, <laughs> I, 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 you,
1: you're making perfect sense. Yeah. It's because what Jesus already came and redeemed mm-hmm. with, the new life and the new wine that he brought, mm-hmm. why are we still trying to go back to a pre-Jesus time, to an back to an old covenant, and try to decipher X, Y, and Z when he came to make everything new? And when he came, it's like, I've already taken care of this, and I just want to look around <laughs> at society and the world around us, but why do we put so much weight, so much stock into these things? And you know what? And this is just my... Personal opinion on this, I'm like, I, I genuinely think if Jesus thought that the quote unquote roles of men and women was truly that important, he would talked have, about it. We would have got a whole lot more
2: scripture about it.
0: He he didn't talk about the roles of women and exactly.
2: men. It, but <sighs> who did he appear to first?
0: <laughs> if, mean, we, if,
1: if we really want to get technical about who technically were the first preachers of the gospel who, were? Who, who, who were the
2: first? Hello, he's alive. Hello, who he were the, ain't there. It, that, that, I'm
0: doing an impersonation of running right now. It's about the only running I'm doing. That
2: was um, that was something Bob Moon told me one time. He's like, who was the first two people that got to actually share the gospel? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. And done. Yeah.
0: Well, so th- there's, there's a lot more in our notes, but I think I'm going to skip over this. They can fit into some other <laughs> episodes because we just talked about a few things. I do want to mention, you alluded to this, Josh, um, that... I would say so. We've talked about the problem of influence. So, with the CBMW, that you know they had a publishing house. They man, they put out a Bible. That is influence. Um, they made a point of uh, making sure that they had representatives that were going to the evangelical theological society um to their conferences to make sure they were voting and they were putting people in positions of power grudem himself ended up being the president so he starts out he's a speaker and he's like hey, i am one of the only non-egalitarians here and then like 10 years later he's the president of the ets which is kind of a big deal so that whole influence happens um and and the CBMW has had, without a doubt, um, an influence and shaped other groups like the Gospel Coalition, without a doubt. Um, of course, Crosswell, we've mentioned. Um, they are influential leaders like Matt Chandler, we've talked about Driscoll, uh, James McDonald, um, uh, D.A. Carson. I mean, there's those, It's there's a that they've had they've achieved what they wanted to do they have had influence in many many people and and there are um whole denominations um the southern baptist convention is complementarian now there's a lot of baptist churches out there that might not be sbc Mm -hmm. um that that are not complementarian or not you know but but the sbc is um the lutheran church the orthodox presbyterian church um many seminaries uh, crew campus crusade i mean a lot of these focus on family promise keepers is promise keeper still around i don't even know if it is um but a lot of these have been very very influenced by the cbmw so they have achieved and are still achieving i would say um what they set out to do and so they have had a successful um you know plan in regard to having influence um for um uh, uh, pushing back against, as they said, uh, feminist uh, uh, evangelical feminism, as as they as they put it. Yeah. Um, but as Josh mentioned, um, the second largest Southern Baptist church in the Southern Baptist Convention, Saddleback, uh, mm-hmm. pastored by Rick Certain Warren, one, yeah. uh, in May of 2021. So just a little over a year ago, um, they ordained three women, and um, it was in open defiance to. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, their statement of faith, which says that the office of pastor is limited to only men as qualified by Scripture, as and, they said.
2: And I would say that uh, Rick Warren was also one of the few people in the SBC saying that there was a bunch of red flags the SBC needed to take care of mm-hmm. before this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a, another really large church, also in May of 2021, Imago Day. Uh, a large non-denom, um, they changed from a complementarian mindset to what they call a mutualist position, which I really appreciate because I think the idea of mutuality, mm-hmm. um, it to me it, the the work we talk about words it brings value to both. Yeah. Because um, when it's mutual, it's it's too, you know positions in that way anyway um but they changed from complementarian to mutuality um and they said both men and women are free to participate in all the ministries and all that so i just find that really interesting that some of these churches that previously had that mindset are starting to they've kind of made a change so even though the influence is great it doesn't mean it's an across the board deal
2: is so. there a reason they chose to use a new term mutualist as opposed to egalitarian mutuality or did they, or did been they just go I don't necessarily want to use egalitarian yeah. because it's kind of got that weird connotation. We're going to use so. a different word. For sure. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and mutuality was definitely a word that has been used. Yeah. So um, they didn't coin it, but yeah, I, I think they purposely did not go say egalitarian. And you know, whatever. That's, that's fine.
2: Because so. mm. I mean, we have words that we choose not to use. Of course. But it's still the same thing. Right, right, yeah.
0: right. So that is in a very large nutshell. <laughs> Oh, Craig <laughs> uh,
2: Groeschel would be the other egalitarian pastor. The
0: yeah, does he fall in the egalitarian? I would say he would. Yeah, probably.
2: I've never heard him talk on it, but everything I've heard sounds yeah. like it would.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of the on their staff and stuff if they have. Uh,
2: I they have, have
0: some women, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah. That might be,
2: yeah. see... Be, that, yeah. Those would be the two biggest, out, yeah. Yeah. I would know, and they're two of the biggest. Yeah. I mean, he was previously
0: Methodist, so there's a good chance Which he is, might Which
2: be. is why I just kind of assumed. But mm-hmm. there's a
0: lot of Methodists that aren't egalitarian, so... But they can't I mean. say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, but... So that was some conversation about the influence, the successful influence, that the, the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood have had in in evangelical circles for sure oh, yeah. um, over the last couple of decades. So um, I, I should probably start taking notes in this regard, but can is there anything that you guys want to – is there anything that could be s- perceived as a problem with our discussion today that we said or stated that it's like, hold on a minute, maybe we shouldn't have gone there or whatever? I don't
2: know. I think the one thing that we could have done that we don't have – is probably have someone that is as educated as you are on it, on the complementarian side. Mm-hmm. Like no, fr- I don't want to do that. Fr- That's not fun. But, like, <laughs> I could say like that would be one thing that is the problem with our discussion. Mm-hmm. Is that we?
0: It's it's leaning. It's leaning.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean for sure. that it is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I could say.
0: Yeah. I'll we'll see what I can do about that.
2: Nah. <laughs> they're kind of a how about you
0: annoying. Will anything you can see that's a problem with our, our discussion today
1: I would just say just the, reiterating the points that while you're we talked about it last week but that endless search for the perfect pastor the perfect teacher or even the perfect bible translation mm. yes. you're, you're not gonna find it so while yes there are some things that we might wholeheartedly disagree with whether that be you know john piper or whether that translation be you know the esv you know mm-hmm. it it is still i believe a, a faithful translation there's some parts of it that i do not necessarily agree with And Um, if we
2: did research on other translations, we'd probably... We we would find...
1: It might not be on the same topic, Mm -hmm. but we would find a different problem with every single one. Mm -hmm. Um, And just that, you know, it's... This is all about I think, educating us so we can know more about the topic. This isn't a a call to cancel because I think that we can all sit here Oof. and say that you know cancel culture there's nothing godly about it mm. um, and that's not what this is and that's not what anything or any person that's been named you know Jesus still loves yep. Wayne Grudem Jesus still loves yes. everybody sitting at this table um, you know flaws included and mm-hmm. the the thing about it is is Wayne Grudem's flaws are on public
2: display yep <laughs> so it makes it
1: very easy for me to sit here and say, ooh, I disagree with that, yep. that, that, and that. I would very much hate it if somebody, you know, aired out everything that I've ever done wrong and was just up for, you know, public debate and talk about, and uh, mm. and this is why
2: mm. Will doesn't need to be Whatever. telling me about
1: Jesus. Because yeah. he's done X, Y, and Z. Mm. Shoot.
2: And we could say that for each one of us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a there's a thousand re- reasons to cancel each one of us.
1: So just the, the I guess the Reminder and the prayer for that is, you know what? I don't deserve the grace, love, and mercy that Jesus gave me, but He gave it to me freely, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, just our prayer to be able to show that to other people mm-hmm. as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm not mm-hmm. saying anything more. Nope. Porch community, thanks for hanging out with us. Will, thanks for being with us. Thanks for Josh, having me thank back. You, as always, we will talk to you guys later. See you bye. Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> You've been listening to The 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.